previously on The Player's World. Our hunter's first mystery was a success. Even though they ignored my explicit advice to not split up, which they asked for, they were able to track down the monster hiding in the basement. Rainbow found Abigail, and Luz found a strange ritual configuration which, after Eli's vision by seeing this location earlier on in the day, found that a mysterious man in a black trench coat summoned the monster and set it on Flanagan foam. Who is this man in the trench coat? Where did he come from? And where did he go after summoning this monster? Let's find out in the player's world. We return with the hunter sitting in front of the warm fireplace in Augustus's office as they sit and take in the last moments of today's crazy and adventurous day. Hey, Ava. Yeah? You know what I'm remembering? Hmm. We have school tomorrow. Oh, f***. Uh... <laughs> he just starts crying. <laughs> She's now, like, leaning back in the chair, just... How did we forget about school? We even mentioned it to each other. Yeah. And we had talked multiple times about we need to be back at certain times. What time is it even right now? Yeah, you pull out your phone and it is still just the pink and kind of orange static. But you turn and look over at the wall where there is a large grandfather clock. And the time reads 2.05 a.m. <sighs> well. We may not make it to school. <laughs> My God. If I can't make it to school, then Thilda is going to call the police. Call the police? Seriously? She's also really old school, and she worries about us when one of the orphans leaves. Oh, God. So we need to get back. Augustus shuffles his way into the room, kind of booty first, as he opens the door, holding a tray of tea for you guys. And he, he shoves the door shut with his heel, and he walks in, and he says, uh, I, uh, I thought you guys might like a little bit of a, little bit of a warm good night, just uh, to sort of help you all. I would love for it to be a good night, but um, unfortunately, me and Ava have to go. Yep. Oh. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah. And we didn't really tell anyone that we were leaving, so we just kind of disappeared. Augustus sets the tray of uh, tea down in front of you guys on just a small coffee table, and he says, "Um, right, okay, well, um, here you go, uh, Luz, Rainbow, uh, some tea if you would like." Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Ugh, it's chamomile. I ate it. <laughs> Give this away for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna burn my mouth on my tea and just be like, oh, oh. No. <laughs> so, um, Augustus, yes. we can get back, right? Yes. Yes. Let's do that. Yeah. All right. Let's, um, okay. If you, if you need to go, let's, let's get you back so that you are not, uh, it's you are not two in the morning. Let's just go. And I get up. I kind of crack my back a little bit. I look at the tea. And I'm like, ah, next time. Don't want to pass it on the hallway. And I walk out the door. <laughs> Yeah, Augustus holds the door open for you. Ava grabs a cup of tea and walks down the hallway to follow Eli. Goodbye. Bye. 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 
So you step out of Augustus's office and you would turn right to go to your rooms, but instead Augustus leads you left. You guys walk along the balcony and you head down the stairwell and out into the lobby floor, which has now kind of half morphed back into a hotel, but it has still got these like forestry features to it. There's like patches of grass still there. There are some vines still swinging down from the ceiling above. And the hotel lobby here is pretty dim at this point because, let's face it, everyone's pretty much gone to bed. Everything started to close up shop. And Augustus walks you across the the lobby floor over to the elevator, which the light above it is not currently illuminated. And he stands at the front of it and says, "Um, we really appreciate you wanting to come and help us. I, I honestly, Ava, Eli, from the bottom of my heart, Thank you very much for your help. We we could not have done it without either of you. I mean, you're welcome. But on the other hand, we didn't really have a choice in the matter. You always have a choice, Eli. I mean, I'm just so tired. Let's just get home. Yeah. I don't want to think about anything except for sleep for the next... Well, probably only get like four hours in, probably. Better than nothing. Augustus steps backwards and gestures for you guys to um, press the elevator button. Um, Ava presses the button. <laughs> yeah, Ava, you press the button and nothing happens. Oh. You see Augustus's eyebrows kind of furrow. Is there only one button? Yeah. She presses it again. <laughs> Still nothing. Augustus now stands with his arms crossed across his chest and kind of holding his chin like, hmm... No, 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 no. I push past Ava and just start like on the button. Come on, please. Are we stuck here? This is a rather old machine, and I don't think that it has enough charge right now to uh, to operate. And he's just looking at you two now, grimacing. Like, I I don't suppose it's going to work this this evening. I'm really I sorry. Looking I at him dead this. in the eyes, bloodshot, bags underneath. I have the most awful scowl on my face. I'm just like, shouldn't have come, shouldn't have come. And I turn around and I'm just like, shouldn't have come, shouldn't have come, shouldn't have done this. Why did I do this? Why? Could have completely ignored it. Could have ignored it. Now I'm stuck here in this freaking place i know nothing about powers i have no idea about my phone's not working and now we can't freaking get home there's really no other option unfortunately this is how we got in and she she doesn't have enough juice to uh to send you off right now i'm i'm really really sorry i wish i could i wish i could make this happen for you eli turns around and looks directly into augustus and says, this is your fault and then walks away. I think for good measure, Ava presses the button one more time. <laughs> um, and then once she realizes it's not going to work, she strokes out of the elevator and goes back to her room because what other choice is there? We watch as Eli and Ava storm away from Augustus in the lobby. And for a brief moment, we see the pain and disappointment on Augustus's face as he kind of hangs his head in his hand and just kind of squeezes his temple. 
and we leave Augustus there. What uh, what's Luz and Rainbow been doing while uh, while this has been happening? I imagine a totally different vibe. <laughs> Is your face like cut? Are those band aids? Are they some kind of like social decoration, or is it like you know? Are you hurt? I got a curse all over my face, where I have eyeballs that are constantly opening all over it. And like now that you brought it up, I'm gonna start sobbing and crying. I don't think that sounds like a curse, because like if you have more eyeballs, <laughs> you get to see more of the world. <laughs> Nah, I just pick at my face a lot, oh. <laughs> and I'm gonna like start scratching at my bandaid, and I'm gonna uh, take it off, and you just see like gross s- scabs, and I put it back, and I start picking at like a bare spot on my face. Why do you do that? I don't know. Anxiety, whatever. Who cares? We all got it. Don't judge me. Look away. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> turn my my chair around and look at the wall. I will politely also turn 180 degrees, so we're just back-to-back now, but I'm going to continue the conversation. I like that there's so many different colors. I feel like it's really bright for you. Yeah, I mean, I don't really wear a whole lot of colors, so, I mean, it kind of helps me uh, not look so uh, so depressed, I guess. I don't think you look depressed at all. That's That's good. A lot of people think I'm weird, but, oh, do you think I'm weird? Oh, God. Not even a little bit. Yes. Finally. Someone that understands me. Um, wait, do, do you, uh, do, do you have a room here? Luz, as soon as you say that, the fireplace next to you guys does a little spit and a small piece of parchment shoots out and flutters down, landing in front of Rainbow's feet. It says, your room is ready. Oh, <gasps> the hotel is spoken. I'm, I'm going to get up and go stand next to Rainbow and look down at the parchment. <gasps> Let's go look. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to run out. I'm going to hesitate for a second and then pick up the paper and then shuffle out after her. I thought you were going to say eat it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys shuffle out of Augustus's office. And as you step outside the door to your left... Eli and Ava come storming from up the stairwell. You just see Eli is just kind of whispering to himself and just furiously, but also slowly pacing kind of towards his door. I thought you guys were going to school. School's canceled. Yeah, the uh, elevator is not working right now, so we are here for the moment. We can be acquaintances, and I can borrow sugar from you, Ava, because you're cool. Not from you, Eli, because you probably got ants all in it. Sugar? I wasn't aware I had sugar in my room, but if I do, you are totally welcome to borrow it. I thought that was the stereotype. You can all tell that Eli is super pissed. Your face is all red. Why are you so mad? Yeah, what's wrong? Broadstead's awesome. I mean, in in here, everywhere else sucks. But, like, Broadstead's awesome. But it's better than your stupid Bogdan. I don't think everywhere else sucks. I think their world sucks. This is kind of mean, but this is what Eli would do at this point in the night. Uh, he's going to push loose uh. and just start storming off even faster towards his room. Mm-hmm. Don't think I'm going to try to do, do harm. 
But I do kind of want to charge after him and sweep his legs out from under him and then just go to my room. Roll kick some ass. Yeah, roll it. Seven. Uh-huh. Okay, on a seven plus, you and whatever you're fighting inflict harm on each other. Eli, what's your reaction <laughs> to having your legs swept out from under you? He gets knocked down onto the floor and he gets back up. He's got like a little bit of blood on his head now. Whoa. <laughs> and pushes you again, but a little bit harder than he was expecting. And that black in his eyes flares up for like half a second and you barely catch it. And I push you back like a little bit harder than he was meaning to. It's like. No. No. Whatever. Get a load of this guy over here. It's just stupid. Um, no, no one likes you over here. Uh, no one likes me over here. Whatever. Just, eh. I'm gonna get up and just walk through my room and slam my door shut. Oh no. Uh, if we're near our doors now, punch the wall. You go to punch the wall, and milliseconds before your fist connects with the wall, what you would expect to be a hard surface, you actually meet a leather cushion. And when you move your hand backwards, you see that. On the wall, in the exact spot where you just had your fist, there is a small leather cushion that softens your punch. This place has to be perfect. And I open the door and I slam it. I'll go try to talk to him. Do you want me to come? Uh, Not right now. If things heat up, feel free to come in. (laughs) But for the moment, just let me try. We see as Ava walks over to Eli's door and offers a soft knock. We cross over to the other side of the door as Ava tries knocking and getting Eli's attention. But we look inside Eli's room and he is nowhere to be found. Eli, do you want to explain where you've gone? Well, basically, he went up to his loft and he wants to punch the wall again. And he doesn't care that it's going to be cushioned. So he turns around and tries to punch through the back of the wall but he falls through. (laughs) And uh, what Eli goes through this uh, nine uh, three quarters situation (laughs) is not what he thinks is his room. He is transported to a place about the size of a small cafe. There are bookshelves that line the walls. Aside from the bookcases, which are like everywhere, it is indeed quite like a cafe. There is a bar uh, and behind it seems to be uh, like different kind of like pastry treats that you'd see in like uh, windows and that kind of stuff. Drink machines. There's also a small little card on the counter. The card says, welcome to La Café Mystique. Help yourself. And uh, there's also, lastly, some small different chairs, couches, comfy kind of stuff. And there is a window, and there's a couple different windows around the place showing the night sky. But if you can't tell, that's Eli's favorite time of day by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to follow up, what what is happening right now is at the end of last episode, Eli leveled up and he gained what is called a mystical library. And I gave Gavin the complete freedom to put it in wherever he wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and this is this is your mystical library. So Yeah, I made a self-health cafe. Yeah, yeah. So whenever you're inside this space, 
preparing yourself in some way, whether that's your meditating or you're just here to chill out, uh, you get to take plus one forward for any use magic rolls for the next mystery. So as we fall through lands on this, like, <sighs> again? What the? I'm assuming there's going to be like a very nice smelling aroma in here because this is meant to be like a relaxation kind of place. It definitely looks like kind of like an old school cafe and uh, Eli is going to get up and start walking around, not really knowing what's happening right now. Sees the card. It's like, Oh, cafe. Let me see. Takes up the menu. Uh, <laughs> there's like a ton of different like uh, drinks and, uh, uh, different types of pastries and stuff and it's just like ah could really go for some i don't know just some kind of tea that would uh calm me down and seemingly out of nowhere you hear a ding and uh a small saucer with a cup on it slides right near him and he's like huh grabs a tea takes a sip (sighs) well guess this is my life now Gets down, goes over to one of the bookcases and just starts perusing titles. Eli, you begin to look at the titles of each of these books that line the shelves and you read some of the following titles. Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. I'm literally looking through these books that I'm uh, referencing are real life books. Oh, (laughs) Um, and those are the actual authors. So I'm just kind of giving them little plugs. Okay. <laughs> there is another book called Getting Past Your Past by Francine Shapiro. Hmm. And there's one book that catches your eye in particular, and it is called What Could It Be? <laughs> Let's have the first one be <laughs> Cherry is like You and Your New Powers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually that's that's awesome. Can can that be like a puberty t- type book, but for people in broad yes. <laughs> Yes. absolutely thank you <laughs> it's just like it's like so your body is changing but not in that way <laughs> yeah he definitely is just like he's tired but he's like uh, he's gonna take that one in like not start reading the whole book but flip through the co- first couple of pages when you flip to the table of contents you pick out the names of all of the different chapters that are here and they read Understanding your changing body. This okay. is your magic gland. Oh, ew. what else have we got, guys? Go on. <laughs> <laughs> what t- what variety are you? You may find unusual things occurring around you. This is normal. <laughs> that's, that's the chapter title. That's the chapter title. <laughs> if you possess werewolf powers, you may find hair growing in odd p- places on your body. I think. <laughs> Though one of the more serious titles, uh, I would think, is uh, a category of magic. Kind of just like ones that like describing, hey, this kind of magic is related to this, and it tells you about this, and if you know how to do this kind of magic, uh, then you want more focus on this, on how to control it, and various basically like, it's listing what kinds of magic there are and how to deal with them. Yep. And also control them a bit better. Yep. He bookmarks that part right there, and... uh he is going to walk through the door and it's a pretty nice cafe door to get back to his room. And there's a screen window that's showing the other side, but he opens it and he goes through the door and he looks on the other side and it's just a brick wall. And uh, at that point he uh, would hear Ava's 
tapping of fingers, and he'd be like, I'm not sleeping with that all night. Eli? How long can you keep that up? You'd be surprised. <laughs> and he's going to walk through back the cafe door, find the comfiest couch that he can, and just flop straight onto it and pass out. Ava just stands at the door. She has an older brother. She could do this all night. (laughs) (laughs) We're outside in the hallway as Ava is just persistently tapping on Eli's room to no reply, no answer at the door. Do you think there's anything dangerous in this hotel? Can I roll to read a bad situation? Yeah. Oh, my dice are paying me back for those double sixes. That's a Uh-oh. four. Yeah, oh, I haven't been marking my XP. I leveled up last time, actually. <laughs> Did you? Oh, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I leveled up uh, when I rolled that uh, that sharp earlier, so now I'm back to one XP. Well, congratulations, uh, Rainbow. You've just leveled up. Hoorah. <laughs> 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 so, uh... Can I tell anything about the situation that Eli might be in in his room? I think as you're trying to get a gauge of this situation, you're not really picking up pertinent information that you can use because you are actually immediately distracted by what is to your left of Eli's door because you see a worn and weathered wooden door that looks like it belongs to the front door of your family cabin. I'm going to, I want to go up and like feel the grain of the wood and like touch the doorknob and turn it a little bit. Does it still screech like it does? It screeches the exact same way. And the wood feels the same? Completely the same. I would like to open it up and see what's on the other side. Describe to us what we see. So I open the door And on the other side is not the interior of a cabin like I was expecting. Instead, there's a peaceful mountain meadow at twilight with sweet-smelling flowers and a coniferous forest around the edges. There are crickets singing distantly in the night, and a gentle breeze is blowing. And, like, it's actually sweeping through the door and out into the hotel. Like, uh, it could be air conditioning, but it actually smells like pine trees and you can hear the distant call of birds and the grass is super soft and untamed and wild and unlike it would be in the mountains there are no stinging or biting insects just the gently singing crickets and there is a single large spreading tree uh, in the center of the meadow with this nice rainbow-sized bowl formed in its roots with soft pine needles that uh, could almost be a bed. Ava, you watch as Rainbow enters into this room and you you step into the doorway just to, just to look and there is this unnaturally large space that just your brain cannot comprehend how there is this space of field in front of you, but sure enough there is and you watch as Rainbow kind of enters into this room and just starts to run her hand and feet across the grass and she's just kind of lost in this moment 
And as you're standing there, Ava, the door begins to softly shut. And you are left out in the hallway. Eh, it happens. <laughs> Ava's just going to go back to her room. And she's not going to be able to sleep. Um, so she's going to try pacing. She's going to try, like, fiddling around the room, like, looking at some of the books. Um, and then finally she goes over to the knitting basket in the corner and pulls out two needles and some yarn and cuddles up on the couch to start knitting. She doesn't know exactly what she's knitting, but she's knitting something to keep her hands busy. Uh, so I would like to romp around the meadow as rainbow and just to be internally like, this is great. And then I'm going to just like, be like, this is for me. That's so great. And I'm going to cuddle down into that bowl with the tree roots and then right as I'm going to sleep, I'm going to realize that I'm alone and I've never actually really slept alone in my entire life. Like I have a big extended family and they're not here and I'm alone and I'm going to lay there like that for a little bit and then I'm going to get up with like pine needles in my hair and like dandelion fluff. And uh, I'm going to creep out my door and sniff my way to Ava's room and just, you know, knock on her door. She's not really sure. She 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 thinks she may have just been hearing things, um, but she's going to go to her door anyways. Like yarn sprawled out everywhere on the couch two knitting, two knitting needles placed to the side and like peek out the door. Oh, Rainbow. Yeah, what's up? Um, hello. Um, may I come in? Yeah, yeah, come on in. Opens the door and does that very grand arm gesture to bring <laughs> her in. I'm going to kind of slink in like a dog you left outside for a little too long. So, your room is nice. It's very nice. Thanks. It's, uh... Homie, although yours, I don't even know what to say about that. How does a whole forest fit in this hotel? What is this place? No, I I hadn't thought about it. Things like that just sort of happen sometimes. Just shows how different the worlds are that we come from. I mean, magic? Shit. I never would have, well, I guess I would have guessed it. But to actually see it is different than just hearing about it, you know? Anyways, anyways, what can I do for you, Rainbow? Do you want a drink? I think this room has snacks. I assume it has snacks because I like snacks. And at this point, I'm going to realize that the uh, I haven't eaten and my mouth probably still tastes like that uh, dog monster, which is gross. So I snacks would be wonderful. Thank you so much. Perfect. Make yourself at home. Let me go dig through these cabinets and see what I find. Um, so she starts to dig through, and Ava's favorite snack are those Lance grilled cheese crackers. Oh, yeah. She loves those. So the cabinet is just full of them. So she's like, uh, do you just want the whole box? Or she just hands right with a box. I've never had these. Oh, they're so good. Gonna delicately nibble the packaging and then realize that this is food you need to peel. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna open it up. I'm going to I'm going to stick one in my mouth and then just the other three crackers also follow immediately into my mouth. You want it and Ava's digging for drinks. 
I was about to say, and then I'm going to realize what a bad idea that was because, (laughs) boy, they're good, but boy, they're dry. She wanders over with a glass of water. Uh, you might want this. (laughs) She just, like, hands it over. (laughs) Just crumbs everywhere. (laughs) I'll get that later. Oh, can she have a Roomba? That is an absolute yes. Yes, it has googly eyes on it. <laughs> Does it just roll out and start vacuuming the crumbs? <laughs> it rolls out from under the couch. <laughs> Even though it was there. I'm just going to like lift my feet up and kind of tuck my toes under my body. Kind of like a very reserved freak out. Like a, someone saw a mouse and they don't really want to like offend their host. But uh, Ah, a Roomba. Oh, it's just a vacuum cleaner. Do you know what a vacuum cleaner is? Is it friendly? Typically. Yeah. Hmm. Given it that dogs don't trust Roomba's look, just... Mm. Um, so Ava sits down with a pack of crackers and just looks at Rainbow. Uh, Rainbow's not the sort of person that beats around the bush, so I'm just going to get right to the heart of the matter. Um, Ava, I don't know a lot about you... Or where you might be from. And so I'm very sorry if what I'm about to ask is insensitive. But can I stay here tonight, please? Yeah, you can stay here. I have a bed. And if you want to sleep on the bed, I can sleep on the couch. You don't have to give me your bed. And I am going to just, like, take whatever clothes you hand me and be like, these are so soft. Oh, thanks. I can I can sleep on this, and I'm going to, like, pat the couch, and it's like, it's very soft. You're positive. I could sleep on the floor, even, if you'd prefer. Oh, no, sleep sleep on the couch. Is your Please. floor carpeted? Yes, my floor is carpeted. I'm going to, like, pat my, my feet <laughs> on the floor and be like, this is soft. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Rainbow, sleep where you're comfortable. I'll, I'll nod and just be like, thank you. I, I've never been alone before. I mean... I've been alone. I I can go wandering off whenever I like or or come back whenever I like. Sometimes my family will split into smaller groups and then we won't see each other for months even sometimes. But there's always someone there at night or or in the day or just whenever you're sleeping. There's always someone there. Ava smiles. I think I get that in some respect. Although I don't sleep in the same room as my family, I know they're there and that's comforting. So yeah, anytime you want to stay here, just let me know. You're always welcome. You, Ava, and I'm going to give you a big, big smile. Big friend, <laughs> big friend energy. Big friend energy. I'm going to pass out like really cutely on your couch. You know, like that, the thing where the head nods and then they wake up and then the head nods and they're just asleep. Yeah. So she's just going to cover you up with a blanket. Can Rainbow do the thing that, like a dog does when it's sleeping and it like kicks its legs out because it pretends like it's uh, running or chasing something? Absolutely. <laughs> but just a full grown person. Yeah, yeah. That would be the most adorable and also the most concerning <laughs> thing I've ever seen. We watch as Ava tucks in Rainbow's kicking legs and Rainbow kind of quietens down a little bit. And Ava heads up to her loft and into her bed. A little bit of time passes and Ava has now been able to fall asleep and she lays deeply buried in a mountain of pillows and warm linen covers, snoozing away in a deep and well-earned sleep. And we see what Ava is dreaming about. It's a memory. Uh, 
We see our outstretched finger tapping on the car window to our left, making droplets of mildew drip and slide down and backwards as sights of telegraph poles and the tops of trees whip past us in the background. The sun flickers in the right way and our reflection is momentarily illuminated in the window. How old was Ava when this memory took place? She was eight. A warm and glowing blue swallows up the sky as we peer across and into the front seat. It's mum. And she sits quietly humming along to the radio that we don't quite hear clearly. Her head bobbing, gently swaying back and forth to the song. And mum catches our eyes in the rearview mirror. A quiet giggle leaves our stomach when mum makes a funny face at us and reaches her hand back to tickle the bottoms of our feet. These images are flashing across your vision, Ava, almost as if you are in a movie theater watching them from behind the camera. You cackle and squirm in the back seat, Ava, as you take in this wonderful memory. However, there is something you recognize in this dream, something you never knew was attached to this memory. And it comes from the background as you sit giggling and squirming in your seat. With immense intensity and force, a billowing inky black cloud spills across the field next to us and hits our car. And then we are airborne. The only thought you have that you can think of in this moment, Ava, is you just want this to be over already. And you are tumbling and turning as the car is flipping over and over and over. Our vision returns momentarily, blurry at first, but then we groggily sharpen on the face of a red-haired man who hovers over us, who sighs a laughter of relief at seeing that you are okay. And the last thing that we notice before our vision fades out is the bright blue pendant that hangs around his neck. Where does Ava keep her tarot deck card when she sleeps? Um, she keeps it in the pillowcase that she's sleeping on. We awaken to a soft morning glow as Ava's eyes groggily open. And Ava, you feel a light weight on your chest as you look down with three cards poking outwards, is your tarot deck. Ava, could you please roll plus weird for your start of mystery move, Destiny's Plaything? Yes. Eight. Oh no, that's plus weird. What am I saying? At the beginning of these just plus weird. Oh no. No, that's a four. Again? Really? Is the <laughs> yeah. same thing going to happen to me? Wait, how does it go from eight to four? I thought... When I, I was trying to clarify, and I thought it was plus cool, but it's actually plus weird, which I have a negative one in. I was about to say. <laughs> but, wait, so what did you roll? I rolled a six. 
Oh, my uh, gosh. So a minus one, that's a five, yeah. not a four. I was like, oh, that I does not make do sense. Math. <laughs> math is the bane right. of all of us, despite <laughs> playing tabletop games. It really is. <laughs> On a miss, something bad is going to happen to you. Yay! <laughs> I think she sits up and she's kind of like, wait, what? So she grabs them tentatively. Ava, the first card that you pull out is the Eight of Swords. Oh boy. Manipulating someone so that they feel they have no choice or options. Fun. I wonder what the next one's going to be. You pull out the Eight of Pentacles. Oh, a lot of manipulation going on. <laughs> Being manipulated to do work for someone else. <laughs> this kind of already happened. Okay, please don't be death. <laughs> the last card you read is the Eight of Cups. Hmm, so someone's gonna decide to leave. <sighs> Why can't these ever be good? She, like, sets them down in front of her and just stares at them. <sighs> Here we go again. She tucks him in and gets up and starts to go downstairs to see if Rainbow's awake and what she's doing. I have turned entirely 180 degrees on the couch and I'm like <laughs> half off of it and the blanket you put on me is in the floor. I'm just doing a big old rumbly snore. That seems fitting. She's going to be really quiet as she tries to like walk around her apartment and get breakfast. Is it more crackers? Maybe. Don't judge her. <laughs> we are... N our stomachs are going to be so upset. <laughs> it's all she has in there. Have you ever eaten nothing but fake cheese for a day? It's not good for you. Actually, yes. <laughs> PSA, everyone. It is not good for you. I'm an adult. I can make my own decisions. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I mean, yeah, I think all in there is Lance Crackers at the moment. She does have to go <laughs> grocery shopping. <laughs> you live in a magic hotel that feeds you. Well, she really likes Lance Crackers. You know what? <laughs> you do you, Jojo. Well, thanks. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> sorry, when you when you crinkle open your Lance Crackers, I am going to just wake up. Just, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Silently offers you a cracker. Hi, <laughs> right, I am going to take it. Because otherwise I would have begged very, very quietly with my eyes. Yeah, this is this is all I got. So... Maybe the hotel has, like, a breakfast bar? I don't know. That'd be kind of nice. I can see what I've got in my room if you want. Yeah, let's go explore your room. All right. All right. Pause out there. I'm going to do something else now. Oh, no. What are you going to do now? He's coming for you, Eli. Gavin. I know, and I'm scared. No! <laughs> no, 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 Gavin. I need you yeah. to mark experience because... As your premonitions move, you got the vision that the monster had killed Ava. And as part of successfully stopping that, you get to mark one experience for whenever you stop those visions from coming true. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mark back yourself at zero experience, experience, back up to one. We cross over to Eli, who has fallen into a deep and well-earned sleep on the couch of his secret hidden Platform 9 and 3 quarters meditation cafe. Yeah, the Relaxe Cafe. Oh, dude, you should have called it that. That's great. No, I, I actually like the Mystic Cafe a little bit better. Kind of 
goes with the a the mystic library and b the french theme mm-hmm. what does uh what does eli dream about on his first night so probably just like vague weird stuff probably a lot of stuff including darkness considering that was a main theme of a it was nighttime b is powers and c that's kind of what's on his mind right now visions of like two friends mags and uh and cargo and they and then uh zach and they just kind of fade away and uh it's a it's a rough sleep for him we see eli begin to kind of stir and move on the lounge here eli can you please roll plus weird for your start of mystery move premonitions yep come on oh boy bare minimum for partial success uh so i rolled a four and a one that's five plus two is seven You see Augustus creeping down a long, dark alleyway. Even though the sun above burns bright in the middle of the day, this alleyway draws in shadows that swallow up the light in odd shapes. Augustus walks, quiet and panicked, nervously looking over his shoulder with each sound that creaks and rattles behind him. A second pair of footsteps approach from the edge of the darkness, and a soft, calm voice calls out Augustus' name, cutting through the silence. The man in the long black trench coat emerges from the shadows, holding a twisted smile and a cold hand out for Augustus to shake. The two exchange some words that you, Eli, do not hear. Augustus seems to get more and more worked up as the two continue talking, but the man in the trench coat still stands with his hand outstretched. After a long moment of deliberation, Augustus painstakingly reaches out and shakes his hand. Immediately following this, a pair of a dozen or so limbs reach out from the darkness and pull Augustus in, followed by silence. And then we snap to the morning, and Eli shoots up from the lounge, gasping for air, awake in his cafe. Again? Oh my god, I have such a headache. He kind of... Cracks his neck. Gets up, cracks his back, (laughs) runs out, not runs, but walks over to the the bar and is like, I don't know how this works, but if you have anything that takes care of headaches, I would really appreciate it. And and the cup slides over. It's kind of like a thump. It kind of looks like a smoothie and uh, gets up again. Is going to take that smoothie with him outside the door. Close it and just start walking down. How does Luz sleep? What's her sleep like? Uh, not good. I feel like she actually went to bed crying. Oh, so oh. that's great. <laughs> she just had a traumatizing experience. Uh, first off, she probably bathed before she went to bed. Yeah, so what does Luz's room look like? Imagine behind that like elegant purple door with all those runes etched into them. Uh, it's just a dingy, dark living room with no like no couch, actually. But there's like bookshelves lining the walls, and there's like a blanket on the floor. And uh, there's like a room that's a door to the left and a door to the right. And along both of those doors are a bunch of like messy, messily written notes, uh, just all all against them. Uh, Behind the left door is just 
this most beautiful bathroom with like marble marble counters and like a beautiful mirror and it's just like the fanciest thing <laughs> and like the bath is huge and it has like jets in it and then the door to the right <laughs> jeez damn the door to the right is like a an amazing bedroom with like a like a California king size bed. It's all purple and like the the blankets are so like soft and uh like very fluffy. But you see like a thick layer of dust around everything <laughs> and like the inside of that room is just untouched. It's like you just see <laughs> dust everywhere. Uh. Maybe some cobwebs. But that 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 living room that that blanket like of course it's it it's had some use it, it looks like old and raggedy she just sleeps <laughs> on the floor like an idiot <laughs> <laughs> she always like i i feel like uh, the, the door on the right like she forgets that it's there because she's just so covered in notes <laughs> but that the door on the left it's like she she goes in there <laughs> she just forgets to use her bed <laughs> like no windows no windows okay, no windows, no windows. All right. But I feel like in in the bathroom there's like a nice big beautiful window. Uh and then uh cur- cur- curtains of course. And in in the in the bedroom there's like a a beautiful window with a window seat and like a bunch of blankets sprawled across it. <laughs> so great. But, but again, she doesn't go in there cuz she's get stupid. Used. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a fool. Oh man. <laughs> And uh and you said she slept pretty poorly. Uh I feel like she was reading her boggy book a little bit, but then she she was like, I'm crying too much, I can't do this. So she just passed out. Feel bad. (laughs) 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 We fade to morning as Luce stirs awake. What time do you reckon Luce would wake up? I feel like she was tossing and turning all night and she eventually just saw that it was like five AM. She's like, fine. I'll just get up. <laughs> She'll just go do her routine in the bathroom, I guess. Yeah, while you're in there doing your routine, uh, your your stomach's a rumbling. I don't, you've, you're you're pretty hungry because you didn't have any of that chamomile tea <laughs> last night. So you're you're a bit hungry. Now, now, do I go to the breakfast hall or do I? Uh... Yeah, the breakfast hall is, uh, it would have like just sort of opened up uh, at sort of 5 a.m. For the, for the really early risers. Not that there's probably going to be many. Um, but you know that the breakfast hall is, yeah, it, it is open. Hmm. Because you know what she does in the morning, Sam. <laughs> what does she do in the morning? Hmm. You've, you've probably told me, but I forget. Wait, message it to me if it's a secret. But I, I Sam literally forgets secret yeah i it's a secret but i don't freaking know it's a secret from everybody oh wait of of a morning really i said that she does it every morning to get her kickstart oh oh okay um we can do that on on a later day it might be a special day well i think i don't think it's actually open at this time of morning because you usually wake up like I think we said nine o'clock or something. Mm, yeah. Like usually loses a bit of a sleeper in her, but uh, but that is not open at the moment. Okay. I think as a, like as a as what it is, I don't think it'd be like a twenty four hour thing. All right. Yeah. That'd be that'd be sketchy. That'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. But um. All right. Yeah. Um, plenty of time for that. 
Yeah, she's just going to go to that uh, place and get some crack real quick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I guess she's just going to uh, uh, be like, I can't go there. I'll go get stupid breakfast here. Their coffee's probably garbage. And I'm going to... Uh, I'm I'm just gonna brush out my hair and put it like I'm I'm gonna fail to brush my hair out. Uh <laughs> and I'm gonna just put them <laughs> in my chaotically large pigtails and uh put on my broken go- goggles and uh you know just just go downstairs in my pajamas. Yeah, you make your way downstairs and across the lobby and over into the breakfast hall where there are only two people in here. Uh, as you walk into this room, it is, it's it's quite sort of cavernous and it's very, very lavish. You have these large glass chandeliers that hang down uh, that cast this room in a beautiful, warm yellow light. There are white tablecloth round tables scattered everywhere. There is a bar off to one side where they make coffees and also cocktails at the sort of nighttime. And at the front of the room, there is one of those little, you know, those little waiter desks. Waiter desks. You know, the, uh, what, what are they called? Uh, like the reservation area? Yeah, it's like that tiny little desk that like the... Receptionist? Yeah, yeah with called? all the names in the books and stuff. I don't know. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone um, should know what they're talking about. And if they don't, uh, uncultured swines, all of them. Exactly. <laughs> leave the, leave, stop listening to this podcast. I forbid you. <laughs> but when you walk in, there is, uh, there's one of those little, little desks there. And... Standing behind it, seemingly just like weirdly all this whole time, is Bacchus. And Bacchus says, Loz, what are you doing up this early? I couldn't sleep. Oh, did you have some chamomile tea? You know that helps. No, that's disgusting. I made it myself. <gasps> that was my mama's broth. Um, your black tea's really good, though. Oh, thank you. I, uh, I mastered that by myself. Glad you yeah. like it. I, I want some right now, please. Oh, let me, uh, ha. Huh. And he hovers down to the big booking book. <laughs> the big booking book. That sounds like the worst swear. Uh. Big booking book. <laughs> oh, I hate you. Ha. Huh. The big booking of big book book books. Oh, my God. I didn't, sorry. It wasn't until I said the words that how ridiculous that sentence was. Anyway, um, he hovers down to this book and he squints his eyes and he looks trailing a, a feather from his wing down the page. And you kind of like tilt and look behind him. And there's just like a dozen or like two dozen empty tables, apart from like one, one patron's just in there. But he's like, oh, I think I can maybe squeeze you in. Ah, yes. Table 14. Coming right up. Follow me, Lois. And he turns All around right. and kind of triumphantly plumps off and leads you to your to the to, to like a back table. He like goes past all of them. Did you say plumps off? Yeah. All right. <laughs> You're a pleasant little man, Sam. <laughs> Wait, is plump mean something else? No, it just sounds odd. <laughs> Means fat. Yeah, he's like a big bird. He like plumps when he walks. Like plump, plump, plump. Oh, that makes sense. I got I got the image. I just never heard that before. <laughs> I don't know. I just make words up. <laughs> um, it sounds- but, 
um, I'm, I'm just following him. I'm dead tired. <laughs> but it's like that tired where you know you can't go back to sleep, but everything looks fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Like, it, your brain feels like static, and everything hurts to look at. <laughs> yeah, Bacchus pulls out a chair for you and says, come, take a seat, Isla. I'll, I'll get you your tea momentarily. And he helps you sit down a little bit and throws a throws a uh, a napkin across your lap too. I'll put the napkin on the table. <laughs> uh, Bacchus walks off and he walks past uh, past this other patron. Uh, and he, Bacchus kind of stops and turns around and looks at this patron and he whispers something to them. Do you want to try and figure out what he says? Yeah, Liz is nosy. You should know this, bud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, just roll plus sharp for me, just to see if you, uh, just to see Let if you pick up on it. See two. Oh, ten, cool. Nice. You hear Bacchus turned to this, uh, to this gentleman, a very elderly gentleman, and he says, "Oh, hey, Professor, that's uh, she's one of them from the group. If you're interested in uh, if you're interested." And the uh, old man just kind of grunts to himself, and Bacchus plumps off around the back to go and start making a tea behind the bar and you look loose and this old man is sitting like uh <laughs> let's say he's sitting like six tables away <laughs> he's got this large white lab coat on and these dark black goggles that he also wears over his eyes <gasps> and he pushes out his arms in front of him as he slides backwards scoots up out of his chair and with turtle speed Starts making his way towards you. I thought you were going to say he was running at me full speed. That would be the most terrifying situation. <laughs> no. I was half expecting to hear Matt Mercer in the background yelling, roll initiative. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, have you guys seen the um, the scene from Monty Python with the dude like charging the castle and it's like, and it cuts to the guards and it's like, they're just like chewing an apple or something and it flicks back to the guy <laughs> and he's like don't move me it's like that yes dude I'm, i watched that movie all the time as a kid with my dad so good <laughs> I'm, I'm like i'm like glaring at him but he can't tell because of my stupid hair in my face <laughs> and i'm do you think there'd be like little refreshments at each table is it like that fancy it's, like um, yeah, there's like a jug of water and there's maybe uh, one of those like bread rolls there with like some packet butter. I'm just like eating the butter. <laughs> yeah, all the while that you're eating this butter like a weirdo, uh, <laughs> Bacchus has finished making the tea and then walks back in the same direction and overtakes this elderly gentleman. <laughs> this is like... <laughs> she comes and like sets your tea down on the table and the guy's like, only halfway across to your table. And Bacchus says, um, what would you like me to get you for uh, for breakfast, Liz? Um Huh. I never ate here. What's the best the best stuff that's not gonna cost me money? Do you charge me here? Oh of course not. You're a guest here. It's okay. uh it's on the house. Wink. <laughs> okay. Anything that won't make me have to do extra homework, please. Yes. Uh Augustus filled me in on all of your yesterday's events, and uh, you don't have to worry about any schoolwork today, Luz. You can, you, we can, uh, we can just relax on today. Have a bit okay. of a day off, huh? Okay. Thank you. Give me ap- an apple pie, please. One apple pie coming up. Thank you. And Bacchus goes to turn around, and he kind of stops before running over something, and 
you hear from behind Bacchus, Ahem! And Bacchus sidesteps out of the way of this gentleman now, or this elderly gentleman, who is right there at your table now, just like glaring straight at you, Luz, through these black goggles. And Bacchus takes off and heads around to behind the bar. And the elderly man, who had his arms folded behind his back, holds out a gloved hand in front of you and says, My name is Professor Marbles, and it is wonderful to meet your acquaintance. Wait, Professor Marbles? The one and only. Sam, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I love it. Do I know this man? You've seen him around the hotel. Ah, what does Liz know about Professor Marbles? Oh, I'm so happy. (laughs) That's awesome. Luz, you know that Professor Marbles, his history, he was once a uh, kind of renowned scientist back in his day, back in his heyday. But towards the later stages of his career, he kind of went a little bit haywire and he kind of lost funding for his projects a bit. Yeah, it just kind of had a falling out and just got like extra weird. He's my new dad. That's kind of all that you, that's probably all that you've like heard, just like tidbits around the hotel about who this guy is. Uh, And he stands with his hand outstretched. I'm gonna smooth, like, I'm gonna look away and smooth my hair out of my face and put my goggles on in solidarity. And I'm going to shake (laughs) his hand and be like, I, I, I saw you around here. What, uh, I'm, I'm loose screw. Loose screw. It's lovely to meet you. May I have a seat? Uh, yeah, sure. He's already pulling out a chair. <laughs> I'm happy. And he and he he does that thing where all people are like they try to sit down. They're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he finally sit back in their chair, and he <laughs> groans as he tucks his chair in. Bacchus informed me that you were on the team. That went out to Flanagan Farm last night, yes? Yep, and I did the best. Really? Yeah. There has not been any official reports released about what has happened, but I am very interested for my research to find out as much as I can about this. What can you tell me? He sounds evil as fuck, doesn't he? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. Uh... Basically, uh, do, do you want me to start from the beginning? I mean, I'm old. Just give me the rundown. Too long didn't read on Reddit, you know. <laughs> this old man knows what Reddit is, jeez. <laughs> well, uh, I met I met three people, and we went to the farm, and the Flanagan farm, and there's a thing killing cows. And when we found out what it was, it was a big thing with a skull face, and it couldn't see, but it could hear. Uh, I got in his head with uh, some magic, and uh, oh, yeah, basically advanced science. And um, he he was like completely animalistic. He was like, kill, 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 kill. I want kill, uh, and uh-huh. and then uh, uh-huh. we we uh, we killed him, and uh, at least we think so. Ooh. <gasps> and I found some runes and i think he got summoned by everything that you said he's being very interested in it 
But at that last part, when you mentioned the runes, he really sort of perks up and continues. You said that there was runes. What do you mean? What do you mean runes? Uh, hold on. I've been studying them. I'm going to uh, get in my messenger bag and uh, try to find the book I wrote all those runes in. And I'm going to uh, just plop it on the like very loudly on the table. <laughs> Try to flip through the like all the pages just to find where I wrote those stupid runes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, you find the page, and and you uh, uh, yeah, you find the page. Yeah, I feel like it takes me like a minute, (laughs) (laughs) and I uh, I I point them, I point them out. Like I couldn't really figure much out, but well, if you uh, if you're interested, back in my heyday, I did a couple of. well, I did a couple years studying these types of ancient hieroglyphs. I might have some notes in my laboratory. We can consult my notes if you want to, uh, if you wish to investigate this further. Like here or at your lab or? My lab is upstairs. Um, can Bacchus come with me? Or like, can I bring a friend? A friend you might be able to research, but not in a weird way. Like, don't, don't. Like put her in a cage or anything, but uh-huh. she's cool. Uh, can she come with me? She also has a a passion for science and magic. Doctor Mubbles has already started to get up out of his chair, and he's like, "Yes, yes, absolutely. I'll uh, I'll start headed there now, and you just uh, you meet me there." And he gives you the directions on like how to get to his uh how to get to his lab, um, and you see him just like again turtle speed make his way off. <laughs> And you can have time to sit down to your apple pie. Oh, finally. I'm going to take off my, my broken goggles because I couldn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to have them up over my uh, my forehead. I'm going to probably eat like half of the pie and then like ask Bacchus if he can like store it somewhere for like the next day or for lunch or something. And uh, once that's done, I'm going to quickly go up to uh rainbow's room and just assume she's in there <laughs> and uh just knock on the door bun is the reason that loses portrait is frowning because she can't see <laughs> no she's just really not a happy human being fair enough <laughs> uh ava and rainbow you guys walk out of your room and you see Luz there knocking on your ra- your door, Rainbow. And Eli, you also open up your door to come outside and mm. all of you meet in the hallway. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Um, Eli, go away for a second. Wow, I was going to apologize to you. I, okay, apology, apology accepted. I was. Ugh. Uh, bye bye Eli turn around go back I'm inside. standing right here okay fine rainbow can you follow me please sure where are we going um somewhere Eli don't even follow me and if you do I'm gonna say you're a creep to like Gus and he'll evict you and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna grab uh rainbow by the wrist uh but but gently and uh take her I'll say to my room and just uh, close the door. I will follow. Eli just whispers under his breath, and now my headache is back. 
while we're while we're walking, I want to uh, I want to say to Louis, just be like, why can't Ava and Eli come? You saw what happened with Eli. He shoved me, and I tried to push him while I kicked him, and then he shoved me again, but like way too hard. Well, and I don't appreciate it. I think that it was very rude of the two of you to do that to each other. Maybe some conflict mediation might be the right thing. Uh, he's he he had uh his uh three strikes multiple I don't know if it was three strikes he had multiple strikes I don't like him um it just seems like you two have like a lot of really bad energy going on and we gotta clear the air or it's gonna fester and you'll it'll just really end up not being good for everyone I'll I'll be nicer but that doesn't mean I'll have to like him Oh, no, I'm not saying you have to do anything. I just think that it would be smart for you to talk to him and to sit down and communicate to him like just two people, you know? I tried to multiple times and he kept like shutting me down. So do you want me to sit beside you while you do it and I will stop him? Maybe eventually, but I don't want to talk about this right now. Anyways, uh... A guy named Dr. Marbles, he's cool, I think, uh, invited me to go to his lab with him. And uh, you know how that could be like a bad idea. Because uh, I like got our knives. And uh, if anything happens, I figured you could go with me. And uh, maybe you can act like you're really interested in science. And like, you know... Uh, just be my bodyguard, baby. Sure, I don't mind making you feel safe. You have a lovely room, by the way. <sighs> Thank you. Um, don't don't look at my pillow. Why not? And then I am looking at your pillow because you tell someone not to look at something. Of course, their eyes are going to immediately track. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of tear stains. <laughs> oh my oh God. no! Can I smell the tears? You probably smell the salt. And the sadness all over this room. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, your room just, like, reeks of teenage sadness. Reeks of, oh. <laughs> Whatever the noises are. I'm I'm going to turn back to Luz, and I am going to give her the biggest understanding puppy dog eyes. And I'm going to hold out my hand and, like, take hers and just be like, Luz. Do you need someone to talk to? Um. Uh. No. Anyways, want to go to the laboratory? (laughs) We can learn about stuff. And I can befriend an actual professor. And, you know, we won't have to be in my room anymore. And I'm already walking out the door. All right. And as we're walking out in full listening of everyone who's in the hallway. But if you do want to talk about anything, I'm here for you. Okay. It's okay. Um, can you like, how do I convince somebody that I'm interested in? Oh, it's easy. You roll to manipulate someone. (laughs) Fourth wall. There you go. (laughs) It's been broken. (laughs) Uh, no, uh, you just kind of 
you look at something on the wall that looks kind of interesting, but you don't understand. And you go, hmm. And you scratch your chin a little bit. So it's like appreciating art, but different. Yeah, you don't even have to like act all smart or anything. You just got to act interested. You know, when people tell you their interests and they just kind of not listen to you and they just act like they're listening, then they eventually mock your interests in the later date. And then they, Aww. and then you, no, you don't do that. You act interested and maybe potentially be interested. You actually listen to people and whatever. I'm just going to stop talking. I'm always listening, Luz. And I don't think you've said a single thing worth mocking. Why, thank you. And scene. <laughs> that was so hot moment. Yeah, that was awesome. That was great. Do you think it was the left corner or the right one? Uh, I thought it was straight. Oh, that's true. Hey, do you mind if I talk about something while we try and figure out our way around here? Talk away. I know I kind of acted like a dickhead last night. Um, and I'm still kind of, I'm, I was just really pissed. And I still kind of am pissed. Like, a lot. And I wanted to say sorry to lose, but I, and then she just did her thing and, eh, you know. Oh my god. I'm trying to figure out a way to get her to talk to me, but it's just like, like, not that I, like, I want to be her friend, because, like, obviously we're all in this together now. And yes, I'm going to say that because it's from the song. I like that song. <laughs> and um, I want her at least to like me in terms of, like, we can talk at least and have a small conversation, but, like... I think she does like you. I do. I really? do think last... I do. I really? do think last night was a little bit of a setback, but yeah. sometimes people need time. Sometimes as hard as, it, as hard as it is, you have to give them that. I mean, I know I called her weird. I called her weird a lot, a lot. I probably should have stopped calling her weird. But I kind of... Oh, no, I didn't mean it as a joke now that I think about it. But still, like... I tried to make it better. At least I think I tried. I'm just... I'm so confused on what to do. How do you stay so calm at all these situations like this? Honestly, I don't. I I know it may seem like it. I'm always panicking on some level. Um, You don't show it. I know. And I think that helps a lot of people, but it also doesn't help in a way, if that makes sense. Does it hurt you? It has its pros and cons, like everything in life, right? But, Eli, uh-huh. I haven't been 100% honest either. Uh, she stops in the middle of the hallway. Uh, I'll also stop. So, another reason I've been able to be so calm is because I've kind of known about this place. Not, like, exactly this place, but something like this place existed. Does that make sense? And uh, like believing in Santa Claus? Yeah. Um, so have I ever shown you this? And she like pulls out the tarot card deck, kind of shows it and flips through the cards. I think you showed it to me vaguely within conversation. Well, um, this was my mom's. Oh. Yeah. Well, 
she left it to me. And one of the things that came with this too was, I guess we could call it like a prophecy. Um, uh, so now we have fate to deal with. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> but sometimes I get this really intense urge to draw cards and they usually predict some sort of future and some sort of outcome. Um, so I'm assuming you had one recently. <laughs> actually. Yeah. I had one this morning, you know, I've kind of always known that I may have been like a little different than most people. Like my fate, as you would say, it is kind of intertwined in this world more than the other one. I have a curiosity. What did you pull? Did you pull one yesterday? No, that was this morning. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm referring to when you pulled your cards yesterday, the, uh, technically yesterday, which was the one where you pulled the death card. Oh, I guess that was yesterday. Remember when I told you that I had that weird dream of you getting chewed up? Mm-hmm. That kind of is, yeah, that kind of makes me believe that that's probably true. If, well, uh, <laughs> guess, guess what I had another one of? Another dream. Yeah, I had another dream, but, uh, there's context to this one. Um, so I don't know if you saw, but, uh, when, uh, that monster was looking at me, everything kind of faded out and there was like a dark space and he kind of connected with my mind. It felt similar to when I did it beforehand at the Flanagan farm. But, um, this time it was talking to me and it was just saying kill and it was being it was honestly kind of being a douchebag about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, after that happened, I like was in another vision state and I saw the top of the roof of the building where we were in explode. And I saw this man in a trench coat make this ritual and he made the monster. I don't know how. I don't know how he controlled it, and I don't know how he made it, but I saw him. And uh, another thing that the monster said to me was that uh, that it was the beginning, and it couldn't that we couldn't stop all of it. So I'm assuming whoever this cloaked, trenched man is, he is the one who's making these monsters. And that so, is what I wasn't honest with you about. I didn't mention that, and I felt like it'd probably be very important. Ava grins at him and says, well, thanks for being honest. Yeah. Well, do you want to continue to look for the dining hall? I'm still very hungry. Yeah, I just have Lance crackers in my room. So Lance crackers? Man, those things yeah. are awesome. Right? They're the grilled cheese ones. You can have some if you want some. <laughs> uh, if I eat too many of those, my stomach gets up. Yeah, fair. Well, let's find the dining hall and yeah, hopefully get something else to, to eat besides these Lance crackers. We cut back over to Luz and Rainbow, who have now made their way through the hallways of the hotel, up a couple of stairwells, maybe down some more hallways that uh, kind of lead towards more of the back of the hotel following Dr. Marbles' directions until you get to a big steel bolted door. It looks pretty like heavy rigid, but it, it is completely ajar open. And inside you hear a, 
Well, it's about time I thought uh, I thought you'd beat me here. Come in, come in. I'm going to look at Rainbow nervously and then just go right on in. I am solid and sturdy. You step into this room and your senses are just completely overwhelmed because it is both at the same time extremely dark and also very well lit by a series of display cases that are scattered across the wall that are illuminated by different colors of neon glowing lights. There is a series of different desks all with just different types of machinery that have knobs and dials and graph screens on them and there are cables running back and forth all between these benches and all of these machineries and there is paperwork scattered and there are potion vials on one wall there is just this kind of system of cogs like it's just an entire wall floor to ceiling wall to wall of just like all these different cogs that all revolve around just a couple of uh meters and dials in the middle and then you come to a desk in sort of the center back of the room uh where dr marbles is hunched over a desk just kind of like looking at some papers where he calls out "Ah, is this one of your friends that uh that helped you on your little mission last night uh yep (laughs) and he makes his way up out of his chair (laughs) (laughs) dr marbles nice to meet you I will take his hand and smile and say, I'm Rainbow. It's nice to meet you, too. Now, I must uh, I must start off and say that I am a man of science. I do not subscribe completely to the hoo-ha and the whatnots of this world of the magical and supernatural means. However, I am deeply interested in it, and as part of my studies, science cannot deny what is tangible in this world so now i uh i'm mostly interested in your case because uh well this very well could be the breakthrough that i've needed in my career and uh, i can i would leap at any chance to help investigate in in any way possible i am willing to open up my laboratory to you Luz, and to your friend if you uh decide or need to have anything extra researched you can have complete use of my equipment and anything else in here that you may find necessary to to help me with my investigations well all i ask is uh is if i may publish a paper or two on this and put it to my name i i'm i'm really on the end of my tether here a lot of my projects have not come through in the past and uh i i'm getting on in years and i need something like this what do you say <gasps> yes <laughs> that sounds so lovely thank you so much yes you're very welcome the lovely manners on this one thank you <laughs> I, Sam, the Keeper, told you guys that this was going to be a bit of a goodie session where I was going to give you guys some some good stuff. 
So I've been speaking with Rev, who is the keeper of another Monster of the Week podcast called The Crit Show, and they have an in-house game system called Gear Points. And if you're interested in looking up any of the rules or descriptions of that, you can go to thecritshowpodcast.com. But Rev has been super nice and has allowed us to use it in our podcast. And this is going to be the mechanic that I use to allow you guys to gain new gear as we go along. Now, let me explain the gear point system. At the end of every single mystery, you know how we do those questions? We completed those questions last time and you all got two experience from that. Gear point system, for every experience point that you get from those end of mystery questions, you get two gear points. And those gear points can be spent to purchase new gear. You can customize your weapons. So if you have a weapon uh, and you want to add some extra tags to it, you can spend some gear points that you earn to gain a new tag. You can get some just extra gear, like if you need silver bullets, you can spend a gear point to obtain those items. If you want some armor, that's going to be a little bit more. And there's some more rules and stuff like that in here but basically this is the mechanic that i want to use for you guys so that you can kind of have like a a bit of a buy system a bit of a shop for you all i love it this slaps this is gonna be awesome yeah i uh i'm so so thankful again like thank you to rev from the crit show for letting us use this because they made up this system and it is it is so good One other thing that I want to offer you, the players, is the ability to research new gear in this lab. So in the Mad Scientist playbook created by Reed Filippo, there is a move called Weird Science. And I sort of worked off of this move and and, uh, sort of incorporated it into what this story is. And I came up with a move called I'll Get Right On It. Essentially, at the conclusion of each mystery, if the players can successfully collect and preserve a sample from the monster they were hunting, they can approach Professor Marbles at the hotel and make a request for him to develop a new gadget based off of the traits of that monster. So, for example, if you guys face a monster that had invisibility, uh, you could maybe create a bracelet that made the user of that bracelet invisible for a short period of time. There's a bunch of tags and stuff that we'll get into next episode based on how well we roll for it. I know Ava has a hair sample from this last monster you guys defeated. We'll get into that a little bit more in the next episode. Uh, But for now, you can rest easy knowing that this facility is also available to you. So we watch as Luz and Avery now enter into this laboratory and maybe Rainbow's lost, like looking at all the different cabinets and the different tools and machines and everything that's in here. I like to think that I'm looking at like some flashing dials and I am just utterly enraptured. (laughs) You're like getting close and you're like reaching out your hand to touch them and you hear, don't touch that. Here, you can touch this. And he throws a uh, he throws a gun at you, like a ray gun. Play with that. Oh, thank you. I'm going to look like directly down where I assume the ray comes out of. Mm-hmm. Just like <laughs> eyeball right at the danger zone. You look down the barrel and you see a tennis ball. I am 
immensely excited <laughs> about this ball. I have to have this. I have to throw this. Someone has to throw this for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dr. Marble says, uh, yeah, allow me. And he takes it off you, aims it just like to the other side of the room and pulls the trigger. And the tennis ball just pew, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> I am going to just <laughs> vault after it. If there's anything in my way, I'm going to leap over it and I'm going to throw myself towards that ball. Like papers and brooms and different like mismatched tools just go like scattering and clamoring everywhere as you're like scampering over everything to like chase this ball. And in the background, like <laughs> Dr. Marbles like just turns to lose at what loser's looking at. And in the background, we see Rainbow just like going like from side to side trying to chase this tennis ball as it bounces around. I like to think it's a perpetual bounce ball so I can't catch it. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's very cool. I like that. <laughs> Luz, you wander over to one of the desks that has a stack of newspapers on it at the moment. You're just kind of like thumbing over these different newspaper articles and journal articles. Roll plus sharp before your start of mystery move. Connect the dots. Finally. Uh, <laughs> now, we couldn't do this at the first mystery because connect the dots uh, at the beginning of each mystery. If you look for the wider patterns that current events might be part of, uh, you get like a bunch of kind of premonitions, I guess. Um, but it was a little bit tricky because it was the first mystery last time. But, uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you this time. Um, full disclosure, some of these questions are like very specific and just may not be applicable to the information that is like available at this time. Um, but you get to actually, you know what, what did you roll? I am mad. <laughs> oh no. Oh wait, no, no, I got a seven. Oh, yes. yeah. Finally. So you get to hold one. And you can spend your hold during this entire mystery to ask the keeper one of the following questions. So you don't have to look at it now, but this can just kind of be like a like a bookmark of like, oh, Luz looked through these articles and they may come in handy later on. Uh, the questions that you have available are, is this person connected to current events more than they are saying? When and where will the next critical event occur? What does the monster want from this person? Is this connected to previous mysteries we have investigated? And how does this mystery connect to the bigger picture? I'm going to hold that if that's okay, because I have no idea. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I don't even know what the mystery is yet. Right as Eli and Ava arrive at the dining hall doorway, Augustus rushes in to the scene, huffing and out of breath as he stares wide-eyed at the two of you, and he holds out another piece of parchment still smoldering from the fireplace. Oh, no. And he, uh, hands, he hands it to one of you two. I'm not taking it. Ava takes it. Bradstead Museum, now. 